Welcome to the Buy Box Bandits Podcast. What's up, Roland? Welcome back to the Buy Box Bandits Podcast. We are sorry for taking a two-week hiatus. Garrett and Danny had one job. They couldn't do it for me, but we're here. We're back at it. We're actually doing two this week. Got another one recording right after this. But uh, FBA Michaela joins us today, who is a rising star in the space. Uh, Garrett and I have been lucky enough to get to know her the past few months to see her do some cool numbers. 100K in sales, first four months, making some serious money with the stuff, full-time income as a pretty new to this kind of thing and everything. So thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Sweet. Yeah. So talk us uh, through kind of how you found Amazon getting started with everything. And we'll uh, dig into more of the advanced stuff as we go. So I actually started reselling back in like October of last year. I started with eBay, had my own little eBay store. I sold consoles, some GPUs, some collectibles and stuff. And whenever quarter four kind of hit, I started looking into toys, you know, like Magic Mixies and, you know, the Gabby doll houses and such. And everyone's like, oh, you got to go sell these on Amazon. You know, that's where you make the money at. And so I tried and obviously I wasn't allowed to because I didn't have, you know, the qualifications before quarter four hit. And so I was like, oh, man, like uh, whatever. So I ended up selling everything on eBay and then um, I tried it again a couple of months later and I finally, you know, got over the whole ungating thing at first. I was like, I don't know if I can do this or not. You know, there's everything's gated. How am I supposed to sell anything? But once I pushed through that, uh, February was my first sale and the rest is basically history. So first things first, uh, and Miles and I talk about this all the time. Where did you learn and where did you get exposed to the whole ungating world? Right. Because when we started a couple of years ago, ungating was completely different. Oh. Ungating was one of the mysteries of Amazon. Or no right? one told us. Hey, no, exactly. Either no one knew and, and no one told us or, or some people knew and they didn't tell us, however it works. What were the first couple ungates and where'd you learn them? I started with grocery first and then I did like beauty after. and then. But how'd you know about them? How'd I know about it? Uh, I was in like a little FBA group that I got introduced through Matlas, the cook group, the giant one. And then, you know, then I joined uh, your guys's your Miles and Warner's group after and then, you know, learn basically everything from there. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you're like you maybe you're just getting started, like ungating is very easy. It shouldn't be a hurdle at all. You can use uh, sites like Frontier Co-op. You can do a lot of the shoes, clothing brands through a site called East Bay. Right. And yes, I the people in the DMs, I tell them, yo, just use East Bay. Then they're like, oh, East Bay receipts work. No, I was lying to you. No, it works. Trust me, it works. Try right front your cop. Uh, like it's it's very low cost. Do it, and ungating should not be a hurdle, right? People use that these days as an excuse to not actually get going. Oh, I'm not approved. To, like you can choose to be. It's very easy to get done. That's uh that's nice and everything. So, what was the uh the first item you sold, and kind of when did you start to figure it out? I think it was a it was the one of the grocery items that I used to get ungated, and it was like bob's red mill like just like some random thing you just like, yeah just a random thing yeah and I, ever since then you know i kind of got hooked once you see the the orange bars and stuff you just <laughs> you get addicted bars, to it yeah so your first month month and a half what were some of your sorting sourcing strategies that you used so i was a part of like i said that group and they did pump out leads and stuff and then i slowly started to figure out that leads list aren't necessary long-term, you know, solutions to things. And then that's when I started looking into, you know, getting a course. And then I eventually took their course, the roadmap, and then started to learn basically how to read. I didn't have Keepa actually until I joined the course like two months in. <laughs> so yeah, it was really a big game changer for me. 
Well, yeah. And you learn as you go, right? It took Garrett and I a lot longer than that to learn everything. And, and it's nice too, because I've said this before and some people agree, some people don't. I think it's easier to learn these days just because there's a lot more like out there. Like, I mean, buy box band, you know, people, if you're listening to this, you're listening to buy box band. It's a weird, I'd say a decent resource in terms of stuff, but there's just a lot out there in general, right? No one used to know how to do on gating, all this kind of stuff. Like I didn't, Oh my gosh. I remember how I didn't think any, you could sell anything merchant filled cause you wouldn't get the buy box. And now like today I probably sold like 20 items merchant fulfilled or something. And, and I'll have some hundred days next month with back to school and everything. It's so interesting. Like the way how um, so many people have assumptions about the stuff without having actually done it, uh, which yeah. is kind of like an interesting, like human psychological thing. But like when you actually do it, you realize like, and we were talking about this in the group chat the other day with like people who make content, you can tell who actually does it by like just the way they talk, what they talk about and everything. And then the nice thing is that it is very simple once you actually learn how to do it, just like getting in the game and everything. And so this is a, a question I, I know what answer you're going to give, but it's very valuable for people. So what's the difference between how you source now versus how you source back in the day, which I assume is a lot more effective now, but what's really changed and everything. Just think we can give a lot of game to the audience on that. Um, being able to effectively read a keeper is like the number one thing and kind of like, you know, fine tuning my sourcing skills to where I don't spend as much time doing them now because I kind of know what I'm looking for. Like you just kind of get, get an eye for things like I know if I like browse through somebody's store, I can kind of pick it up really quickly now that like, okay, I can't find that at that price. And I don't have to go in and, and do every single one trying to figure out, you know, just it, it's just so much easier when you kind of get an eye and figure things out on your own. Yeah. Getting rid of the losers quicker than, or getting through as many losers as possible and finding winners. And two, the nice thing is like with Selleramp and everything, you can see their review counts. You can also, when you're scrolling through, you can brand filter. I do that. I can't even tell you, I don't think I've ever, or at least not as of late, just scrolled through everyone's random. So I always brand filter and category filter because I know what I'm good at finding right Or at least right now on stuff. And that's, that's where my, my time is best bet in terms of, I have a good chance of finding this kind of stuff. And obviously different things come up and everything. Um, but he'd say, and I, I was hoping you were going to say effectively using coupons and everything. I hope you'd agree oh, with yeah, that. That's, so that's a huge thing that I did forget on, but yeah, yeah. Also learning how to use coupons. Cause I never used any coupons. <laughs> They're hard to find. That's the thing is a lot of them are, you know, they took like Garrett and I've been doing this. There's some coupons we've both been using for over a year and they've literally just been around. I remember, uh, this one, this one actually doesn't exist anymore, but it was on Rack Room Shoes and February of last year, or it doesn't work on the big brands, but February of last year, I was like, damn, I hope this works next week. And it's like still up. It, it's still up today, 18 months later on stuff. But the nice thing is, right, sales are finite, right? Fourth of July, Memorial Day, that kind of stuff. But coupons, they make them harder to find, right? Just for whatever reason, they a lot of sites just do have them on stuff. But once you find them, they tend to be evergreen. And that's where major barriers to entry. This is actually going to end up being like a really good, uh, I guess like advanced OA sourcing, like session, I guess, talking about the stuff, but that's really, really helpful taking advantage of the coupons and everything. Definitely. 100%. Take us through your, what you look for in a product. Do you have any specific numbers, ROI percentages, margins you look for sales per month? What sort of numbers do you look at when you're looking at a product? So everybody asks me this question and I'm just like, it's not black and white for me. It's totally dependent on like what category I'm sourcing under. And there's all kinds of variables. Like, you know, I try to shoot for 30% ROI. I'm pretty sure everyone pretty much shoots for that. And, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, neglect something that's 20. Like if I can sell an item for two bucks and I can sell hundred to 200 a month at 20% ROI, like 
why wouldn't I take it? You know, I mean, some people scoff at $2 profit. And I'm like, well, I'll take it. I'll sell $200 a month. Don't worry. You don't yeah. have to. And if you're not doing your own prep, whether that's like helpers, yeah. employees, like prep center, whatever. And two, Garrett and I love this term, the ease of purchase, which I think I coined myself, but we, we love that. Talk, talk about that, Garrett, that, uh, that metric, which is tweeted this before, but it's the most underrated metric when people think about sourcing. Yeah. I mean, too many people, when they're talking about sourcing, it's just velocity and, and, how much you can make per unit. But the third factor in the whole conversation is ease of purchase, right? Because the point is, if I can go onto a site, order 50, 100, 200 units a day without any sort of concern. Yeah, once a week, once a month type stuff, yeah. yeah. That, even if that margin is less, beats and trumps a product, I have to sit there and loop three, five units per order with the question that some of those may get canceled. Right. So the, the ease of purchase is just how fluid. And this is kind of where OA and, and wholesale kind of blend together. Oh, yeah. Right. I look for myself and Miles as well. We treat OA a lot of times just as wholesale would. Right. It's high volume, high ease of purchase, as in I can go to a site, order hundreds and hundreds up back to back with no issues and just continue to run it. Right. So a lot of people kind of distinguish between OA and wholesale, but my ideal OA is, is sort of that hybrid model of, of OA that's sort of mimicking how wholesale would, would, would act. Yeah. And two, when you have less listings or at least some you're going hard on, you, you reprice differently and your competitors tend to be more serious because there, there tends to be less of them, but they have more quantity. So pricing tends to be steady. And this is a blanket statement across the board, but we've seen that there skews. Garrett and I can, like, we can say each other, we know exactly what we mean, saying some of the names of these different SKUs, literally just like little parts of the ASIN and stuff that you pick up on over time. And it's the same thing with sourcing in that when you're in the game for a while, you pick up on stuff, you just see things other people don't. And that's where, like, we've been talking in a, in a group chat we have together, some of the different, like, coupon strategies are so complicated. They're like, they're, I'll tell them to some people that are new and it just won't make any sense. And then it becomes second nature when you do it a lot. And that's just, that's how a lot of this stuff works. And that the more you do it, the better you get. And that flywheel effect of the more you do it, the more money you make, the more fun you have. Your output per hour goes way up too, right? You meet people, bounce ideas off each other um, and everything like that. That's an, another segue I'd like to get into. Talk about how uh, you know, you've know you been able to meet some different sellers and everything and you know stuff that's uh, come out of that and everything like that. Yeah, when I first started my journey, I never imagined that I'd get on Instagram and Twitter and start my YouTube channel and all this. Like I was kind of like, you know, I'm a big introvert. So like all this stuff really isn't my type of thing, but I've really grown to love it. You know, doing the Instagram, just doing the Instagram alone has opened so many doors. Like I've met so many different people from different backgrounds and like just being able to brainstorm with other people and share ideas, you know, with like-minded individuals. It's just, it's a powerful tool and some people don't even take advantage of it and it doesn't cost anything at all you just you just gotta put a little bit of time in into it i mean that's it you don't have to be like some crazy guru or anything you can just be an average joe like i'm just an average person you know yeah i'm <laughs> a fan of the one. the once a month seller app or the once a yeah. month shipment that's all you need to do that's all you need to do because uh, like i get you know dozens of vms every day or whatever but the d like it's just a different type of relationship when you can see the person's living life. And right. If you're in the game, you're asking more advanced questions. You're asking more intelligent questions. Like the, how do I get started DM? Like if that person actually cared, they would have just found it on their own. You know what I mean? Like there's such a lack of, you know, uh, seriousness around that. But then the question you get from 
uh, you know, the flipping for the cultures of the world, my guy who I've been actually talking to a lot, um, but you can see that he's doing it right. Looking at his page, right? So you can see, so naturally he's going to have questions for other people and they're going to see that he's putting in the work and everything. And that's super important. You all, you brought up another good point that I really like and that it's free. Like it, it makes no sense why not everyone does it. It's just laziness or whatever. They don't see the value in it, but everyone that does it gets a lot of value from it for the most part. That's actually serious about it. And it's free. So I think more people should do it. Definitely. Yep. I agree. Something Miles always talks about is, is one, there's no one that's been putting out content at scale for a long period of time that isn't crushing it. As, that as, isn't that, making as, like six figures. Yeah. On stuff. That's a fact. Anyone that's over that, you know, eight, 12 month threshold of just consistently putting out content. If you look at their numbers there, that's no coincidence. There's a direct correlation between the longevity of the content which you put out and, and the success you have. I mean, something Miles also likes to say is that OA is just a, a group project, right? Like, ah, get, oh, life is, but yeah, oh, wait, that, damn, I got to choose that. Once you get right. your homies that you're yeah, that you're yeah. to yeah. with, it's just, it becomes a group project. Um, so to, to give the audience some perspective, walk us through your, your day-to-day. Are you full-time? Are you doing this part-time? Like, what sort of investment are you putting into your business and, and what does that look like? Yes, I'm doing this full time. I gave up my medical school acceptance to kind of ride this till the wheels fall off, as I say. <laughs> well, let's talk about that, though. How much would you have made as a as like a doctor or whatever, like specific like field you were going into? Um, 200 to probably 500,000 a year. Oh, a lot. Uh, definitely a lot. After how many years would you have to go? Like how many years was the program going to be? additional four and then you know anywhere from three to six seven depending on what specialty that I was interested in so a lot of a lot of time what'd you say you didn't go to college at all you didn't go to no I did no I did I went to school for five years I graduated with a degree in public health and health administration and then I was going to go to medical school right after very nice cool Oh, so yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Walk us through yes, your, your yes, day. Yes, so my average day to day. Yeah, I am full time. I've been full time from the beginning because I've, I've been on medical deferment. And uh, so, yeah, like I start my day usually at 6 to 6.30 in the morning. I don't know. I just started getting in the habit of it. I never used to wake Put up that early. Before like nine o'clock. Yeah, I got to start doing that. <laughs> it, it's it's so nice. Like, I mean, it's hard at first, but like I feel so much more productive and like yeah. it's much more quiet around here. And like, I feel like I can get a lot more done. So, yeah, I started around that time. Um you know, by the time lunch hits, I'm usually talking to my VA. I'm in the process of training one right now. So I've been talking to him a lot throughout the day, you know, I take my lunch and then either I'm prepping or I'm sourcing throughout the day. Sometimes at night, I'm also prepping and sourcing at the same time. It just depends. And then sometimes I'm doing, you know, content, doing, you know, calls with people or whatever, but yeah, it just, it's very, very, I could be doing, you know, four hours a day. I could be doing like eight, it just depends, you know, and since I'm trying to scale a lot, faster actually it's going to be more and like yeah a lot of like the inputs will probably be less in like six months because you'll have more leverage and that you'll have more knowledge your network will be better and that that's kind of like so we you know gary you and i were we're doing like whatever 3x the sales we were doing this time last year me like 5x around that right but the input isn't that much more you know like it really isn't on stuff like it's better because we did it a lot more often since then if there's, if there's one thing I can say to someone just getting their kind of hands dirty with Amazon, it's just, it's the power of restocks. It's the p- power of replenishability, right? When you have a SKU and you can continuously restock that SKU, the value of that time exponentially increases. And right, that's where this business gets really fun is, is you see guys like Miles and myself putting out all this content and you're like, well, wh- wh- when are you sourcing? When are you doing all this? Well, 
the time is different, right? The time is really different in terms of what it looked like way back when, when we were just starting and now what it looks like two, three, four years now, right? It just, it looks different. Um, so to get back to you, what is your, so obviously you're not using a prep center, you're doing everything yourself. No, I, Miles was like, you need to get a prep center. <laughs> well, the sales tax. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause mine's 7.25%. So I could use that. So yeah, I ended up picking one in Montana and I've been working with them for two weeks and they've been getting shipments out every day for me during the week. So I was like, I'll do it. So yeah, probably I'm doing half right now. Half they're still doing. I'm still trying to give up the control, you know? And so what do they charge you per, per unit? 185 flat. I know it's kind of more expensive, but they don't charge me extra for bundles or shoes or clothing or any of those like nickel and diamond crap that people do. The thing is though, you're not really paying 185. You're paying, paying sales tax because yeah, I'm there's a, yeah, exactly. And I'm saving because I'm doing pretty much over 30 bucks. So I'm saving money regardless by sending yeah. to them. Cool. And you, your, your foresight is to completely hundred percent prep. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually I just. No MF. She's. Oh, we need some MF in our lives. Garrett is Garrett is anti. I love MF. Yeah, MF's the best on stuff. Like for example, let's I I so right. Okay, let's say anyone listening out there, like back to school, the next six weeks are really good. Uh, you know, stuff you would have seen with back to school. There's a lot of stuff where the offer count goes way down, so you can get a ton of buy box share as a merchant field seller. And why I like also being a merchant field seller in that case is you don't have to worry about FC transfer check-in times. So you can order something, right? We're recording this on Sunday. It might get here Thursday or Friday. You can theoretically sell it that day. You get it and it gets listed for a yeah. Just You can just move quicker on stuff. And some of these more seasonal opportunities, you know, you can take advantage of like, for example, right? Q4, right? December, everyone buys stuff really cheap, Black Friday and in November, Christmas sales, all that. That's why the market goes down on stuff in January and February. And that's those like probably the two hardest uh, times of the year, right? Because the demand drops without the holidays and people and uh, people bought stuff so cheap. What I was doing, I was buying stuff at those cheap prices and merchant fulfilling it when offer counts were way down because people were scared to FBA stuff because of checking times, right? Another reason merchant filled something, uh, something so great and everything like that. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to put some pressure on you. What is your, what's your goal for Q4? Do you have a specific number you're shooting for? Or? To pay off my student loans in full. Which is? Okay. We get 5,000. How many? 35. Oh, okay. Yes. That'd be like 15. I know. Yeah, I can, 15 and 15 profit in November. Well, I guess pre-tech. Yeah. I guess it would be. So like, I guess times that, but like 30, whatever on stuff, but yeah, either way, it definitely is doable on stuff, especially with like diversifying into the content side of things and everything. It's not just from a direct monetary perspective, the value of content is a lot more just like the people you meet and stuff like that. And because, right, you've, we get, we've been on calls together. We've been sourcing stuff. You have some other people you do that with, right. That amplifies the like effectivity and your knowledge because you pick up on stuff because it's combining knowledge. And everything like that. And that's another thing a lot of people like talk about like wanting to do content when you literally just choose to, you just got to pick up the damn camera, which no one will do. And those of us, three of us being that we do that, they get a lot of uh a lot of value from it and everything like that. Let's get a little tactical, uh, fill us in on uh the tech stack, softwares, VAs, all that kind of stuff in terms of like what grows your Amazon business outside of you, like tools, all that kind of stuff that you use. So for sourcing, I just do seller amp and keep a those are like the two main things. What's yeah, um, I, but what's, what's Telegram? Telegram, yeah. 
What 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 is it? I, I haven't heard of it. Yes, man. Yeah, reverse short miles or anything. Mobile app, <laughs> kidding, Chrome extension, website, all that. Get a free trial. Well, it's, it's like the the holy grail of hey, this too. Okay, what else though? Uh, shameless. Um, IP alert. Uh, I just got that a, a month ago. That's pretty important. Um, but for bookkeeping and like inventory, all that stuff, I do uh, inventory lab, mm-hmm. uh, and then. That's that's about it. I I have not very many, and I do manually repricing. So yeah, I know a lot of people. Let's think talk that. about that though, because Garrett's really smart with that. So I'm curious, like, what's the argument behind that? Because I'm I'm curious Garrett's response to that and stuff. Because it's it's healthy discord. So I did do a trial run of Go Aura for two two ish months, and then I did be cool for my third month. And then I tried manually repricing it for about a month and my buy box percentage, like I could tell that I was getting more sales with manually repricing. And then it wasn't like I was losing a bunch of money either. I was priced somewhat above buy box and I was still getting, you know, the buy box. So I don't know. I just had problems with it tanking sometimes. And I had my settings set pretty tight. And one day I came into my aura and looked and I was like, $20 $20 loss in something. And I was like, how is this possible? <laughs> so after that, I kind of was like, yeah, maybe I should. It was probably user error, but I don't know. We just stuck with manual repricing. Now my VA just does it for me every day. He does it twice a day. And then I sometimes do it. Yeah. I mean, and so that just comes down to your, your minimum price, right? Mm-hmm. The repricer is meant to and calculates and just mimics buy box activity, but within two thresholds. So we're, we're very strategic with what we set as the minimum and the max to keep those boundaries. And that's, again, kind of you figured out the hard way. That's how we gain the reassurance <laughs> that our products aren't going to sell for less than we would want, right? Um, and, and that's just an easy fix, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, we're very, very pro repricer here. Yeah. How do you set minimums on it, Garrett? Because I'm actually curious if you have like a smart answer for this, because I don't when I get that question. So when I'm looking and and so it varies per product, but typically what happens is it all like, I'm trying to encapsulate as much of the oscillation as possible. Right. Big work. work. The up and down movement. (laughs) Yep. 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 So if you're looking at the keeper graph, right, you're going to see where I always talk about the trending, right. Where the price occupies the most real estate. And typically that's where we're repricing, right. We want as we want to encompass and mimic as much of the activity as possible. Um, obviously to a given point, right? We're not going to drop our minimum below 10%. That's kind of our minimum that we'll sell at. Um, but yeah, we really just look at the keeper graph and just trying to encompass as much activity as possible, right? Because the more we're on the buy box, quantitatively long run, our buy box percentage for that product is going to increase. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, typically it just starts with the, our specific price, right? What the desired price is, and then you work from there. You create those boundaries around what your target price is. And over time too, it depends whether it's a listing you're going to be on a lot of, um, or if it's just like a one-off thing you bought on sale or something like that. So what do you have month to date in, uh, in sales, Michaela? I think I'm at almost 54. 54 month to date. That's, that's, and what's your, and what's your margin? I think it's like 13% right now. My, my returns are atrocious this month. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just, yeah, it could be categorical or probably is categorical. It's from plays and shoes, you know, I switched to that. I was at like 3% now I'm at like six, so. Yeah, it's worth it for the replenishability in my opinion. Yes. 
on yeah. stuff. Yeah, that evens out eventually, so. And then I'm curious, what was the original goal when you started? Like, are you just the kind of person that just like likes selling stuff or did you want to go really hard and make a bunch of money or do you were you just like trying to try it? So I originally started to pay off my student loans, the monthly, because I didn't, I couldn't work a nine to five at the time because of all my surgeries and stuff. And then whenever I really did it seriously through Amazon, I was wanting to do it to help pay for my schooling when I went to medical school, like the apartment and all that stuff. So I didn't have to take out as many loans. And this is over a really short time frame too. This is only the last four or five months, right? Yeah, it'll be almost five months here soon. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. And and uh, yeah, so let, let's break that down though, right? So thirteen, and then so you said you need thirty five to pay off the student loans, right? The, is that the rest of the year, or just okay. wide, the total amount? Yeah, so you can tell. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then the nice thing is like it's all math, right? It's just around like spend, um, and stuff yeah, like gonna, that. We're gonna walk the uh, we're gonna walk the audience through a little math session, right? Oh, so this is three. a good. This is helpful stuff. Yeah, I when Garrett was talking about this like a year ago when I saw I like didn't yeah I didn't even watch the video. I remember the video, but I didn't watch it on stuff. But now I love it. Talk talk to us, Garrett. So our our target profit is thirty five, right? Assuming that's the rest of the year, operating right now at a thirteen percent. So if we divide the 35,000 by our 13%. He's a math major. No calculators allowed. Come on. MLA format. <laughs> oh. So that means we need to sell 270,000 to get our our $35,000 in profit. Yeah. And the nice thing too is like, there'd be, that'd be like whatever, 100K. I, saw, I don't even remember what the number was. Right? Yeah. So for two grand of that is immediately taken care of by credit card cash back right there and like racked in more on stuff like so that's the nice thing about really going hard with inventory spend is that real like i just cashed out like two 2.5k tweeted about earlier of credit card cash back that i'm just gonna like invest or whatever but yeah, yeah assuming the, um, assuming assuming that 13 percent correlates to about like a call it a 55 percent by cost to sales ratio that means you need to spend about call it 150,000 from here to the end of the year to put yourself yeah yeah the margin the margin will get better too most likely with q4 and 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 just getting better too in general like it it obviously depends what what route you want to go but theoretically like i think mine my sales last december i think it was like 17 percent net which is five that's like 30 percent roi what i was like really excited about that and that's not like i think we all kind of agree in that like the way you grow is you drop your or the way you grow sustainably is you just drop your target margin by a few percent and that opens up a whole new catalog of stuff you can buy and a whole new catalog of stuff you can buy that might be good for a while like that that okay so more product to buy but also more product to buy that might be good over a longer time frame right it just it opens up like a whole new world stuff, especially when you're key, arbitraging sales tax coupons all that the key caveat though is, is miles is 100 spot on but we're making a pretty big assumption with that is assuming that your spend capability is increasing as your business grows Right. That only works as if your spending continues to increase, then you can drop your margin and make them more money. Right. But if you're taking all this money out of the business, you're not letting the business naturally grow. You can't drop your margin and then continue to spend the same and all of a sudden expect to make more money. It doesn't work like that. Right. So typically the natural progression is once more product opportunities open up, once your business continues to grow, the natural progression is, okay, let me let me drop my margin a few points. Now all this low hanging fruit opens. But keeping in mind, my spending power over the past 6, 12, 18 months has grown exponentially. I opened up another Amex. I opened up another um, uh, Chase card, right? All these new 
spending power capabilities now give us so much more leverage, right? Because Miles and I always talk about just simply just overpowering people, right? There's so many sellers that we can just spend more and, and just outpower yeah. them. On these build buy box share algorithmically, like, right? Just like being on stuff for a while. So I'm curious what you would say to the person who's out there, who's in the same position you were five months ago, like kind of just starting like to get, see like, oh, I'm getting like it's available where I can really do this and stuff. What, what like some beginner advice you have for, for people that are listening to this, just looking to get started. Don't be afraid to ask questions that kind of ties into the networking thing as well. Like people are, they're more than willing to help people out. Like I know I get DMs all the time asking for help and I will answer them and I will help you out as best as I can. Like I know when I first started out, like I had nobody, nobody really, I just had that discord group and that we were just really small at the time. So they didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't have the resources that I have now, obviously. And just, just keep on going. Like try not to compare yourself to others. Like I know it gets easy it's easy just just to be like, oh, why am I not doing this? You know, why am I only doing 10,000 and I'm only, you know, I'm six months into it. How is she able to do it? Just run your own race. This is all, this is all just about running your own race. We're all on different paths here. Everyone has their own different journey. So like, just try not to compare yourselves to others. I know you get, I still do it myself to other people. I'm like, man, I gotta be doing this. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, no, Michaela, you just gotta run your own race. This is about you and your journey, not anyone else's. So that's yeah, a good segue to my next question. And this is Miles' favorite question. As you've kind of picked up this business, what sort of feedback have you received from family? Friends? Oh, that is, I am curious on this one as well. Yeah. Um, what, what have you heard as you've continued to grow? Uh, so a lot of people don't know that I gave up my medical school acceptance. It's kind of under hush hush. So like Thanksgiving, Christmas, it's going to be awkward or, or like that kind of stuff? I, I don't know. I hope they are supportive. Obviously, my 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 immediate family, like my parents and my sister and my grandma and stuff, they all know, obviously. But yeah, other than that, like people, you know, I'm friends with like outside of this FBA world, like they don't even know. Like, so hopefully they're they're, you know, okay, like okay towards me. But if not, whatever, like it's this is my choice, you know. I made this choice myself and it was what was best for me at that point in time. So they're gonna see this YouTube video pop up all over the place and be like, "Yo, Michaela, what you doing?" Yeah, is it, I'm waiting for yeah, people. Are, is this is this yeah. tagged on like the personal account stories? <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for people That's to find. It. People are gonna comment. Oh my gosh, I see you. Can you show me how to do it? And then like, when little do they know, Google is free. YouTube is free on uh, on this stuff. So did you ever consider yourself? Like, did you sell stuff prior to getting into like the botting and stuff like that? Did do you, did you consider yourself an entrepreneur prior? Did you ever have any tendencies or anything? Or is it just kind of something you just started doing? No, I would not in a million years would I've ever imagined to uh, be here right where I am today. Like I was just, I was just going to do a nine to five, be a physician and work for somebody else and kind of just do what everybody else does, works a nine to five and, and maybe retire when I'm 70 years old. You know what I mean? Never in a million years where I thought I would be my own boss and I could do what I want. I had time freedom and didn't have to work a nine to five. No, I've never, never imagined. And <laughs> I don't know, that was a good little, uh, good little monologue there as well. Um, on stuff. And so uh, d- does the Amazon stuff, like, does it make you interested in other businesses down the line and everything? Like you're starting to do some content stuff um, as well. Or are you just like pretty focused on the Amazon side of things right now? Cause I, I like the way obviously shiny object syndrome is like something I don't want to fall prey to, but it, it really does help like open your mind to stuff. Cause like you start, you know, just talk, like making money online and stuff. You start learning like, you know, other ways to do it, other things to, you know, take a look and expand it. And we can all learn from everybody too, but I'm, I'm curious about that as well. Eventually I'd like to have my own like 
business that's like brick and mortar or whatever like an really what kind i don't know yet something like i don't know i honestly i don't know i haven't really thought too much into it but like that would be like one of the things down down the line i would love to do like renovating houses and stuff i just think that's cool so maybe that content would be so fun i always see businesses through the sphere of content to be honest but that would be i love when the people on instagram do like the they do like the picture of the beat up house and then they like throw the thing off and it like comes down and it's like the nice like renovated thing. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And, uh, and everything like that. There's actually some people on Instagram from Ohio that I follow that do that too. So I can show you their page. There's somebody close to me, really close to me that is pretty famous on TikTok for flipping houses. So do you slide in their DMs? No, that's way <laughs> off. That's years down the road. I need to- Oh, so they're like famous. How many followers? They were on the Kelly Clarkson- Kelly Clarkson show like maybe a month ago. Big fan of that actually. So yeah, they were on there. They have a a decent amount of followers. Interesting. So what uh what inspired you to make the FBA Michaela page? Because I remember the first time I saw your stuff, like we I don't think we had talked at all. Like I or like I don't think we had any mutuals or anything like that. But you just came out of nowhere and tagged like Warner and I in the first picture with some bars. And everything. So what really inspires you to get started with that quickly and everything? So when I joined the roadmap, you guys always preached about making a mastermind. And um, I saw somebody post on there about wanting a mastermind of like East Coast people. And I, you know, messaged oh, them. East Coast? No, not what I call East Coast. Uh, oh, Gary, what do we think of that? Midwest. Ohio. I, no, but that's crazy. Is that like, there's some like, yeah, it, like Ohio's far from some Midway state, like some states I would consider Midwest. If I, if I say anything, I'm going to embarrass myself with my lack of geographical knowledge. Oh, no, I need, oh man. At least I know it's, I know it's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> it's right next to Pennsylvania to the West. Yeah. You got to play the game. This is actually a fun thing for anyone listening as well. There's a game where it like tells you uh it, it like puts a dot on the u.s map and it's like guess which state this dot is and that's fun i used to play that all the time at a job i worked at a few years ago it's a fun challenge but yeah. now i made that mastermind group and he's like hey we're doing it on instagram and i was like okay i don't have i don't have an instagram for i mean i have a personal instagram but i was like i don't have an instagram oh, for you had no other it was either it was either mixed business and ah and that, yeah okay. i was like i don't really want people seeing my personal yeah, stuff yeah exactly right that that was the same thing i i went through in, in like uh early 2019 it's like pretty much you like had to, you had to go one way or the other and i knew the per- people who currently followed me on the their personal page, not much good would have come out of it. That people just like wouldn't have cared and they would have made me self-conscious about stuff and everything like that. Um, well, the people who do Amazon do care and they want to learn and they mm-hmm. want to connect on stuff. And it's uh, at least most of them, uh, it's a beautiful thing and different stuff. 100%. Miles, want to bring us home here? Yeah, absolutely. So if you had uh, like anything you could do differently when you were getting started that would have gotten you to where you are today quicker and you've gotten there pretty quick. It's when we talk to the people that have, like really gotten after it fast on different things. It's interesting to hear if they even have an answer for it, but is, is there anything you would do differently? Um, I probably would have invested in more resources quicker. Like I waited to about two or three months to invest in like a course and stuff. And I know like people, there's some people that are against courses and stuff, but, and like, you know, coaching and all that jazz, but I don't know, like if you have, if you're making the profit and you can afford to do it, then I don't see any problem, you know, I mean, I don't have a course to shill or anything. I don't have, you know, but I honestly, yeah, like I honestly would have done it a lot quicker if I could go back in time. And I feel like I would be even 
better now. But you know, it's all part of the game. <laughs> I mean, and this is a this is a plug from us, but I don't even consider that an investment, right? It's if you go no, through the five thousand dollars. If you don't like it, Miles will give you your money back. If you do yeah, like that's it, that's the big thing. Yeah, on all, all that kind of stuff. I don't stuff. even think it's any sort of risk. Like if you don't like it, get your money back. If you do like mm-hmm. it, you've already made that money and exponentially more. So it's like it's whatever. But anyways, cool. All right, plug uh plug the socials here. They'll they'll be linked below as well. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube are all FBA Michaela. So sweet. Yeah, cool. That's cool. uh fun stuff. We'll have to uh do another one of these. Uh, you know, may, I don't know. I I like the title of uh. I don't know if we'll use that on this one, but I like the title of, of like online arbitrage to pay off student loans, like online, like woman pays off student loans with online arbitrage. Oh, that's good. December, 2021, January or January, 2023, December, 2022 episode. No, but cool. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and thanks for listening, uh, watching, viewing, subscribing, sound like Logan Paul on that, but yeah, appreciate you guys uh, uh, doing all that. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, for another episode. Thanks a lot.